Well, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us on at Twitter at BK Glue Guys. iTunes. Um, we are on NetsDaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio, Facebook. Brian. <laughs> the internet. Find us on the internet. Anywhere. Anywhere. Google the Glue Guys. You will find us. Brian. We got we got it, dude. We landed him. The big one. We had talked about it. We had been pushing this team to get to this point. And they did it on our backs. They chose Okafor. Omeka Okafor. <laughs> that, that one. Um, did I read that right? Did I, get, I just I just read the the headline Okafor. Big pod. Big pod. All right, Brian. Big pod. Sorry, no jokes. Big pod. So we're this is late at night. We're in a goofy mood. So we're gonna try to keep it serious. Hard hitting facts. No fake news. Um, I do want to start off with an email from one of our listeners. This is from Sean Goodfriend. He sent this in around 10, 11 a.m. this morning. He says, I was wondering what you think about the trade value was for Trevor Booker. I thought we may be able to get back a similar amount, maybe less than what we got for Thaddeus Young. What about Booker for Mahimney and a first rounder? Thoughts? And then... The news breaks via Zach Lowe that the Nets have traded for Jaleel Okafor, Nick Stauskitz, a second-round pick in 2019 for Trevor Booker. And then Sean sends up another email saying, hey, I actually like this better than my proposed <laughs> trade. Brian, what do you feel about it? Just give me your general thoughts. What do you feel, buddy? Well, I've been spending a lot of time watching Okafor footage. And I'll be honest, it made me a little bit less <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> stoked, stoked on it. I hate to say that because everyone's probably super amped on it. And like in theory, I'm 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 into it. I just love I love action, you know, I love managerial action of any kind. Um but I mean like here here's honestly what the real takeaway was like what or what did Philadelphia do? Like how could they have possibly reduced a top three in the, uh, pick in the last two years value? Worse, faster, harder than what they did to Jaleel Okafor. Like, damn boy, can they get can they get some reps with that guy? Like, ha, like to get back just an expiring contract, like for like, and not even a very large one, particularly large one, is like pretty. That's a pretty bad return. Like, say like outside of the basketball stuff, just in terms of of the finances of it. Like that's just a that's just a bad way of handling business, Mike. Well, and I think the Nets are saving money actually by trading Booker. And yeah. I don't know if Stauskas is a. Um, I think that, all he has, he just has a qualifying offer next year. That's it. Okay, so those are basically also expiring contracts. Totally. So, from Philly's perspective, they only made this deal just to get rid of Trevor Booker, like that, or not Trevor Booker, not to get rid of Jaleel Okafor. That was it. There could have been no other motivation. Trevor Booker, we love, we love him dearly. It is sad to see him go. He was super important for the Nets this year. He was actually one of their better players, but. You're not the Sixers aren't trading to get Trevor Booker. They're trading to get rid of Jaleel Okafor. They're not yeah. saving money. They're actually losing money on the deal. They're also losing a second round pick, which you know I think those type of things are a little inflated. The things that yeah. we we were like, oh my god, they got a second round pick out of this too. But dude, it's it's, it's a face saving move, honestly. Like because you just can't let you just can't let a third pick like that just just expire and go away like next year. You just can't like that. Just looks really bad. Uh, management wise so like 
in theory, Trevor Booker is like, oh, it's like a good get. Like, that's like a person that like it doesn't really move the needle, but he's competitive and nobody's going to knock you for getting Trevor Booker. Like, it's like a good, you know, lunch pail player to pick up. Like outside of that, it just doesn't do anything for you. You know? well, well, and it's sort of like so. Obviously, Hinky's gone, right? But this is a subproduct of the process of just accumulating assets and yeah. trying to get as many guys you think have value on your team. Get them, get as many of them on your team as possible. They drafted three centers. One of them's yeah. awesome, but we don't know if he's going to play basketball all the time. One of them is gone. Was gone last year in Nerlens Noel, and now another one of them. The I don't Embiid was I think what pick was Embiid I think Embiid was still a higher pick than Okafor because Okafor was third overall. Yeah, but there's they drafted another high guy and now he's gone and you have to pay people to get rid to get him off your team. Um, but let's look Nets perspective, right? I mean, th- this is this is beyond a win for Sean Marks. Just okay. So we, you were talking about like the scary basketball stuff with yeah. I mean, so well, yeah, the, the real win, the real win here is basically traded an expiring contract for a second round pick, you know, in a year that it ultimately doesn't mean anything. And it's so worth it to take a trial run on a guy like Julia Okafor and even Nick Stauskas, to be honest, like there's something maybe maybe mineable there. Like he's not a like non asset. Well, what is interesting is that if you had gotten Stauskas after last season, this is someone who averaged nine point five points last year, three, basically thirty seven percent from three. So those are like interesting numbers, an over 80% free throw shooter, a 2.4 assists last year. Okay. So those are like, okay. You're like, you're feeling maybe he's going to get something going there. Um, he's been a complete non-factor this year. He's played in six games, I think. Yeah. Minutes played is like nothing. They so, have just better personnel. It's like the, the, you know, the, the Kilpatrick effect basically of like, you know, you just move down the roster. I, I to be honest, I don't I don't care about Nick Stauskas, and he, he may prove me wrong because he is kind of perfect for what this team wants to do, but he's not going to play over Alan Crabb or Joe Harris. It's not that no. he can't play with them. I just I'm I'm done with the, the Stauskas thing. I mean, it started with the Kings and the Grantland video with Vivek <laughs> saying I Stauskas over and, and over again. Well, I went back and watched that just recently, just this uh, this evening. And, is it um, online still? Oh yeah, and the the Nick Rocks part is so <laughs> mega cringe. It's it like I, it makes me shudder to even think about it. It's it's one of the cringiest videos on the internet. And we should tell people. So if you haven't seen it yet, which you you have to watch it if you if you can. Grantland did a documentary of being inside the Sacramento Kings war room during a draft, and it was the draft that the Kings drafted Stauskas and. So the big thing with Build about the Kings was that they're going to be this sort of a new age, collaborative, stat analytic-based team. And what happened in the war room was that Vivek, the owner, sat there and basically just kept saying Stauskas's name over and over again. And then no, no, it's like, not just that he goes, he goes from like individually, like so. There's like this, like <laughs> kind of like, like. Um, Whatever Knights of the Round Table type situation, yes. and he goes around to to each and every like assistant coach and like you know assistant manager, or whatever, and they're like, "Who do you like? Do you like Stauskas?" <laughs> <laughs> and each and every one of them has to be like, "I do like Stauskas." <laughs> new new boss who just bought this team. Um, it's really it's really a heck of a watch. And then so the real the real bone crushing part is if you haven't seen it, um, after they pick Nick Stauskas. 
the it's like a per, it's like right out of the office. It's like a you know such a Michael Scott moment where they get him on the phone, and then uh, Vivek goes, "Ready, guys? One, two, three. <laughs> Nick rocks." <laughs> So, so, and he's like, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for that. Thanks. I mean, nice. I will say that that was a funky draft. And you can do this with basically everyone. You can be like, oh, why did they pick the next 10 players after them? That was the draft. It was Wiggins, Parker, Embiid. So Embiid was three. Also like Okafor. Aaron Gordon, Dante Exum, which is an interesting pick still. Marcus Smart and Julius Randle. So that was a top seven. That was always a thought that like, there's a pretty strong top seven, and then it falls off. It falls off into Nick Staskis, Von Ley, Alfred Payton, Doug McDermott, and then there's other guys like throughout the rest of the draft. Like I think this is the Nurkic. Um, yeah, it's the it's the who's the other big guy that was now is on the Nuggets. Oh, Jokic. Jokic. It's, it's the Jokic Nurkic uh, draft. Clint Capello is later. Like, so the, this is a really interesting draft. But the the it was a point in the draft. Where uh, Nistauskas, even though it was uh, uh, there's a, a cliff that people jumped off of at that point, uh, he still should not have been picked number eight overall, which is where he was picked. No. But now he's a net, so we love him. This is amazing. Right. But ultimately, nobody cares about that part of the trade. So let's go to the actual effects of this trade. I love it. Know, yes, right away. Here's here's the actual day one thing. Tyler Zeller better not be starting at center. Either give me Okafor, or give me Jared Allen. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, Zeller's cool and everything, but if we're all in on like, you know, taking random gambles on players like Okafor, like I want to see this dude play. We got, we got, uh, you know, a little bit of time to watch it happen. Like, let's make it happen. Let's get him. I don't. My my worst fear is that he's going to immediately be like an irksome player, which I know that he will be, and <clears throat> is going to like ride the pine because of it. Um, that's my big fear. I know what's going to happen. They're going to do a slow play thing with him, right? Like they do with everyone else because he hadn't played basketball this year. They're going to do yeah. this. We're going to give him eight minutes a game, then 12 minutes a game, then 13. And they're going to kind of just, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Throw, give him give him, give him, him 15. I want to see the first night he's on this roster. Give him 15 minutes. Give Jared Allen yeah. 15. And then give. Well, I know that they're going to do that. Quincy but it's like, that's going to, that's going to, so it's going to bother me for so many reasons. Like, I, and it's just it's perfectly nets and it's like what they've always done. But like he's not like it's not like it's not like he I don't know. It's not like he's damaged goods of the same kind of ilk that Anthony Bennett was damaged goods or whatever. Right. It's not like. Yes. Um, like there was there was something like his uh, rookie year was out like outrageous. He came out of the gates so hot. I just went back and looked at the game by game stuff. His first game, his first like. 10 games he was just like you know averaging like 25 and 15 he just came out swinging super hard yeah he was uh, 17 and a half and seven dude i went back he only had three games where he didn't score in double digits the entire season like he was pretty consistently on fire so um, but but there is like so okay love the trade right i think i think we could both say this is essentially an a plus for marks because the downside is that the only downside is that you lose the the trade chip that was Trevor Booker's contract that you could have used in another deal. That was it. That's the only downside. Um, there there literally is none other. Um, but this is the player that Okafor was. So if you read Kevin Pelton's thing on ESPN.com, you know if Kevin Pelton like really goes into the stats, uh, Okafor essentially has been the worst defensive center in the league. And then yeah. so we knew that, right? But then when you look into his offensive stats after that rookie season, he's one of the worst offensive centers in the league. Um, 
it's scary how he basically doesn't really do anything but you know is right around the basket and even at that he's not hasn't been super efficient besides his rookie year but i will say this okay so completely understandable but it's also like so we see this the paul george trade and how victor oladipo and a a sabonis's kid both are playing like pretty great in indiana particularly oladipo not a shock right that they leave Mm -hmm. russell westbrook who's not a person you want to play with, really. And they were both playing out of position, both of those guys in Oklahoma City. They go to a place where they are playing in the position where they should be, and they're doing extremely well. Okafor was in the worst circumstance. I tweeted this out. The position in basketball that needs the the best circumstance, right, the best environment, is the offensive-minded big man. Because you mm-hmm. need a point guard who's going to get you the ball where you want it. You need to be in an offense that embraces that style of basketball. The Nets, unfortunately, don't. Um, But you need to be in, like, four things need to be right for you to be good. He had a crowded front court, um, no point guard, just a a situation that, that is full of bad signs. It's not just bad. He had T.J. McConnell and and Ish Smith. I mean, he they, like he, a really bad point guard situation when he was playing, um, and no and shooting, cons- no shooting cons- when he was playing. Yeah, total terrible spacing. Um, which is like, you know, you're, it's he's not going to help that obviously. Like he's definitely part of any spacing problems that your team's going to have. Um, but so I went back and I looked at his his year at Duke, and uh, also had a bunch of spacing issues. Had a really uh, for for whatever reason. There was literally, this is a statistic from the Draft Express video, only 19 possessions where he was the roller in a pick and roll. Uh, they just did not run pick and roll with him whatsoever. He's He seems like the most obvious pick and roll big man you could possibly get because he doesn't really shoot that well that far outside. Uh, but he's got like giant soft hands. He's like mobile enough at 270. He's got good offensive instincts most of the time. Um, like that would be the like that's the obvious thing to do with him. And it seems like at no point has, has anybody ever run that with him effectively uh, for any sustainable period of time. They've asked him to just like go to work on the low post and then blamed him for the many inefficiencies that that kind of basketball generates. Um, so if I'm saying, if I'm advocating for him and I'm, and again, I think he's going to like drive everyone more crazy than they realize because he, <laughs> yes. he really is glued to the ground. He's going to get like his glued shot. to the ground. Love it. Hashtag glue guys. <laughs> he's going to get a shot blocked like all the time. He's just um, like that kind of a player where like he, you know, intermittently makes you crazy and makes you super happy. Um, but I, I do think that there's a lot there to work with. If you know how, how to, Basically, if you if you can get him to effectively roll a, a run a pick and roll like like all the time, that's his only like frame of mind. Like get get rid of your back to the basket stuff, get rid of all of that stuff. That that's the old you. The new you is going to be the super efficient rolling big man, and see if he can run with that. Or if he like if he kicks up a fuss about it, then you know who you're dealing with. You know it's a it's a it's a it's a big baby. It's a baby boy. All right, let's do real quick a netspot at Gmail. We're going to listen to some of the people that emailed us in their little voice messages, which we love. Hank Schley or Hank Schley, Brian? I always forget. I always apologize. That's, sh- that's Hank Schley coming Hank- at you. Schley guy. All right, here we go. Hey, this is Hank in Jersey. And first, I just wanted to say I love Trevor Booker. He's been one of my favorite players to watch. That guy just gives it his all, plays hard, and it's just, oh. Such a pleasure to have him on the team. But this is a trade you have to make. Trading a 30-year-old for a 21-year-old and a 24-year-old 
who have potential upside. It's just, these are the kind of deals you have to make if you're the Nets. It's just a no-brainer. And I'm I'm unsure about how if Okafer will work out, but his upside is undeniable, and I just think this was a great trade. There are GMs in the league you don't want to make deals with. Like, I don't think anyone should ever trade with Danny Ainge ever again, but I don't think Brian Colangelo is one of those dudes. <laughs> so... I'm way happier betting on Sean Marks and the Nets to figure this out. Oh, I'm so happy right now. What a trade. Hank, thank you so much. Always beautiful voice, excellent points. Audio quality is incredible. Gotta, we got to produce Hank's podcast. I don't, whatever it is, like we got to <laughs> – I had an idea for a podcast. Maybe you want to do this, Hank, um, where people interview um, uh, people that impersonate historical figures. So if you're interested in that, you hit me up. Can you imagine somebody just like interviewing a person that does like a Ben Franklin? In that would actually, I think people would be into that, Brian. That's, you shouldn't be giving <laughs> that, that for free, buddy. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Hank, it's for you. Hit me up. I think that is a key part about this trade that Hank brought up. The fact that like you shouldn't trade with Danny Ainge, but Brian Colangelo is actually a dude you should be trading with, right? Like he's his track record. He, I think he got, he executed the Kyle Lowry trade and got him to Toronto. So like there are some good trades in there, obviously. But this is a trade that's just essentially throwing away an asset that you once had and just giving it away for for less than free, actually, to pay for it. Um, we talked last time, when we talked about our disabled player exemption podcast, fans love that, you know, the disabled player exemption. Uh, we spoke about guys who would have to fit into that, and Okafor was the main guy that we talked about. And I said, I don't think they'll do it to Brooklyn, partly because of the... <laughs> You don't, you don't want to send him to Brooklyn, and then he gets rehabbed there, and he becomes a good player, and then it looks like your organization's second class compared to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen. I did, like. Here's the thing. You're going to get Okafor and Stauskas, and if they show even a glimmer of something more than a bench player, it's a big win, right? Isn't that like yeah. – and like we'll talk about the contract stuff with both of them a little bit later. Okafor situation is interesting, and Luis Torres, he emailed about this too. Are actually sending his voicemail, but it don't doesn't really matter what happens the season after this. If they can put some kind of effort into rehabbing them, not only does it make those players better, it makes the team better, but like it makes the perception of the Nets franchise significantly better than it was, and then it moves up in the rankings of not saying free agent targets are going to be like. I'm not saying like Paul George is going to come to Brooklyn, but. You do want your organization to be a good organization. You don't want it to just only be like the Sixers, which is um, trading guys and basically banishing them and also drafting a guy with the number one overall pick and then you never seeing that person again. Brooklyn seems to be doing it right. And that's also, I think, what this trade is indicative of, Bry guy. You know what I'm saying? Hot take. Hot take. I like that. Um, let's I like all... that part when you, I like the part where you said you want your franchise to be good. I like that was the best. That was the best it's part. a controversial opinion. All right, this is uh, <laughs> this is Sommer. Sommer coming up right now. What's going on, glue guys? Uh, this is Sammer. Uh oh, Sammer. Yeah. Okay, it's not Samer. <laughs> Samir. Sammer. Oh, okay. You got it the Sorry. first time when you said my Sammer. name. Sammer. When I, when you, you said what did email. I say? Anyway, Sommer. Not my point. Know. I apologize. Congratulations, Nets fans. We got Jaleel Okafor and Nick Stauskas for Trevor Booker. It's going to be sad seeing Trevor Booker gone just because of the way he plays. He's a great hustle player. But Sean Marks, you are a magician. Getting the second and third overall pick in the 2015 draft. I mean, 
you made up for what Billy King did, giving away three or four first-round picks if you include the swaps. Sorry, or five first-round picks if you include the swaps. All right, so I, I, you know, I just cut that off a little bit because I appreciate the length. I love everything about it, but I just put it off a little quickly. Um, it is interesting so that like they literally the Nets now have you know if they could only get who was the first pick in the draft that year, it was D'Angelo. Are we talking? The the draft where oh. it would have been D'Angelo Okafor, oh, uh, Carl Anthony Towns. Carl, okay, well I don't know if Carl Anthony Towns is going to come to Brooklyn, but it would be great if he could. And also, obviously, Chris Stapps would it would be lovely if he also came to Brooklyn. In terms of rotation, so we were kind of talking about this earlier, but what's like the perfect balance in terms of Jared Allen, Okafor, and everything else? How far are we from getting um, Julio Okafor to shoot threes? Has anyone seen him like hit a three? Is that a thing that he has ever done? Um, I think he didn't do it at all last year. Yeah, he doesn't do it, right? It just is not a thing he can do. So like, He can't shoot free throws. What what does it mean for this offense? The fact that how does right, it change, like, and how do they tailor it to Jaleel? The fact that he is yeah. coming over. Do you think they even will try to put any effort into building some type of offense around him, at least partially? He is like so not well suited for what we're trying to do in the space and pace hashtag modern game. Um, everyone's under six nine. So it's going. It's just like basically you're you're putting you're slotting in a player that's just ideologically not suited for for what you're trying to do, and so what do you do with that? Do you get him to try like do you try to harness like whatever small little bits of his game that you can to try to fit it in? Like do you do you just adapt your team to the personnel? Like I, I honestly don't know. Like I think it's going to be a really odd fit, and I'll be mostly interested to see what Kenny Atkinson does because it'll it'll kind of inform us as to whether he's a sort of dogmatic coach or someone that's willing to work around you know, some of the more like upside heavy talent thing, uh, players that he has, uh, you know, at the expense of some of his, you know, more, his, basically his basketball philosophy. Um, it'll be a real test, I would say for Kenny. I think his perfect center is what they hope Jared Allen is, is just that some guy who will set screens and then throw down dunks. I think that's, are you going to say, are you going to say BLT, a BLT center? A BLT center is all they want. They, all, they don't want yeah. anything else in that BLT. They just want the BLT. Um, yeah. They and, and, like, so ultimately it's going to be good, though, for this offense that they will have someone you hope who can go in there and score points down low because there's so often what would happen. And, like, Jared Allen, like, does need – like, I'm, you, you need to play him. You need to let him grow. This team isn't probably going to make the playoffs. So, like, everything's about growth, growth, growth. Progress, progress, progress. Um, but it will be nice to have someone on the team that you hope will be able to score down low in the post and create some type of mismatch. It's sort of like how in pro in football, not pro football, but mostly college football, when you have a spread team, one of the most important players on the team is actually the running back because you think you think with spread it's all about throwing the ball when you do want the guy who can rely on when everything's spread out, the guy who's in the middle – to run right up the middle because there's less people in the traffic. It is nice when you have a team with four shooters around the floor to actually have a big man who can do something with the ball down low. There's less going to be less help around him. So defensively around him in terms of when he's on the floor on offense, there's going to be less guys coming at him, trying to swat the ball away, trying to stop his shot. He's going to get one-on-one opportunities in the post. And they should not focus their offense on him. But when he is on the floor, and let's say it's with Spencer Dinwiddie and Alan Crabb, 
putting some like multiple pick sets where, you know, Okafor setting a pick for Dinwiddie and then Okafor then shoots shoots around and then sets a pick for Crab's guy and moves around. I mean, that's going to create a lot of trouble, more trouble than Jared Allen was creating because Jared Allen just doesn't he has such limitations in his offensive game where Okafor at least if he ends up getting the ball in that situation, you have some chance that he'll do something accurate with it and be able to put it in the bucket. Um Again, like this trade is just so significantly awesome uh, on multiple levels. It's great. One that marks is so. Like, let's talk about the contract thing. Let me get Luis Torres's uh, email up right now. One second here. This is Luis Torres, first time caller, long time listener, and sporadically emailer. Just want to ask a quick question about Okafer. How hard do you think it'll be to resign him next year or the end of this year? And how good does it feel to have the Knicks pick? We gave up Booker and we got a younger, possibly better version of Booker and the Knicks pick. That is all. Good day. And this news almost got me in a car accident. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. I love it. So... Okay, so the contract situation is a very interesting situation. So the Sixers had declined Okafor's rookie option, which means the Nets can only offer a salary of $6.3 million next season. That is the max that they can do. This is a four-month rental of Jaleel Okafor where you kind of get to test him out and see what he does. And this is an interesting situation, Brian. If um, Okafor does really well here, there's a shot that he could just go away, that that all the player development they put into him could be for naught and would be at the expense of other players, right? I mean, that that is like a slight downside of the situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, the at the expense of other players thing, I think is probably overblown, like outside, like, I mean, it's how much does it really encroach on Jared Allen's growth? I mean, probably not that much. I mean, unless I'm wrong, unless unless I we find out totally differently. Um I think that they are going to try to like slot them at different positions. And so how much of, of, you know, watching Jaleel Orkafor or getting him his reps is going to infringe on, on like other Nets players. Uh, I, I don't know that that's a huge part of it. I just, I honestly, like there is no, in my mind, downside to this. Uh, you, you like, so long as there's a second round pick attached to it, which is like, you know, of, of some value. Uh, it, the only real like damage done is, is this like, is is the, the the junkyard dog mentality that goes out and what comes in is like someone that whose mentality has been questioned before, but like that's still you know one person's ho hum personality is not enough to like derail the kind of positive vibes that we've that we've nurtured thus far. So like I, I really, I, it just feels like a total positive for me. That's that's I guess my hot take on it. Yeah, and like so, Trevor Booker is a better player than what Jalil Okafor will ever be this season. Like I'm pretty confident of that but you want to take the chance on Jaleel Okafor with the pedigree that he had I mean we, we were there was like the Tim Duncan comparison I mean no, that's that's the only comparison you make now if a guy has a low post game that's the thing you say um mm-hmm. but like he that was a real thing like it it feels so long ago but remember what he was like in college he was the dominant player he was someone that everyone was saying that people were saying actually you should take over Carl Anthony Towns because you know that you're going to get a 20-point scorer from Jaleel Okafor that with 
Carl Anthony Towns, you actually didn't know that because Calipari so misused him as a player. I mean, Calipari was putting Carl Anthony Towns on the bench half the game because they were doing that stupid five-man-on, five-man-off stuff. Um, mm-hmm. J- Jaleel Okafor is like, he's had such a rocky road here. And again, it goes back to, you know, perfect environment, bad environment. So many times that what happens to players is they get stuck in a bad place and they never get a chance to do what they want. You brought up Anthony Bennett, right? This is different than Anthony Bennett. I mean, Anthony Bennett had never showed talent, just didn't show it, didn't exist. And it seems like some things you hear about him that the guy just didn't want to work hard. Um, Jaleel Okafor had talent. He scored 17.5 points his rookie year. That just doesn't happen flukishly. Uh, This is just such a win. It is just such a win. It doesn't even matter um, sort of the negative. So, like, we talk about the contract. Okay, so let's say he plays really well and he does have to leave. Not that he has to, but he gets up getting offered $12 million a year by whoever. Um, Awesome for the Nets. You know what that means? That means that they just took a guy who stunk, who had no value, rehabbed his value, and now he's making tons of money. Um, That is good for the franchise. That makes players want to go to Brooklyn because if people – like, it would give them – Every top sort of, not that this is what you want to be, every top G League guy or whoever would want to be in Brooklyn because they'd be like, oh, wow, that's a place I can end up going in, progressing to a certain level, and then I'm going to make a ton of money because Brooklyn just teaches you the way to play. It's like the way people think of the Miami Heat right now. The Miami Heat, people want to be there because, you know, you get healthy, you get in shape, you play really well, and you make $12 million a year, $15 million a year if you're Deion Waiters. That would, that's what Brooklyn could be if Jaleel Okafor plays well. And Nick Stauskas, we'll see. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not super <laughs> I was listening to clips for about Nick, Nick Stauskas, and, and the announcers were like, um, everyone here agrees Nick Stauskas is, is at his best when he's a playmaker. They want to stick him in the three-point line, but he's a playmaker. And that I just kept I was watching like a highlight. Really, Nick Stauskas is playmaking again. <laughs> you can tell this one announcer just had like a vendetta <laughs> against how they were using Nick, Nick Stauskas. Yeah, Nick Stauskas is the player that looks actually looks like he should be able to handle the ball, but it's like mm-hmm. not. He's you hope what he becomes is Joe Harris. He's, he, he's right now he's a little Jan Vesely for you. It's a little too much Jan oh, Vesely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Trevor Booker gone. We'll pour one out for you. We love you so much. Yeah. You're the best. Uh, we have one more uh, voicemail. This is from Big Ken. This is actually sent to us before um, we got uh, before this trade happened, but it's it's still sort of on target here. One sec. Glue guys. Big Ken from the group home. Want to talk a little bit of Nets and. Ask a <clears throat> specific question, but first I want to say, love the podcast, my man. Love you too, Big Ken. Thank you, Brian, Mike. Are doing a good job, like you know, doing a good job. Born to the Nets. My thing is. Is Jared Allen real? I'm not sure. I'm watching these games. I'm looking at them. 
I don't think he has that mean streak it takes to play like a DeAndre Jordan. I think he's like a lovable, goofy guy. You know? So my thing is, I'm going to swing that to you, fellas. Y'all go ahead and... uh, It's about to end, I promise. Break oh, that down. There we go. I, I had to wait for him to say break that down. So we, I, I cut off half. <laughs> sure. I love I love the pregnant pauses from, from Big Ken. I just love Big Ken. First of all, dude, like I, I, those, those, all of you guys' voicemails just make our hearts soar. Um, Big Ken, you especially, dog, like so much, so much love for you guys. For real. Like it's, it really is, a, is it's just the best. Um, so I, Big Ken. Uh, did have a trade thing in there with talk. he actually asked should they trade for another big man I cut that off because obviously you know uh, they did uh, Jared Allen so classic argument Brian uh, too nice to be good what right. is your opinion um, so here's what I think I think that I I agree with you that at a glance um, Jared Allen does does appear to be a little bit more Neil deGraw Tyson than Mike Tyson um, nice and- Brian <laughs> That's that was just right off the top of the dome too, Mike. Um, I'm kind of, it's you know 45 minutes into the pod, I'm finally uh, my brain's activated. <laughs> um, but uh, here's what I think, though. You see these moments, those like the little exaggerated aggression, uh, like anytime he can possibly like rattle the rim a little bit on a dunk, or or like throw a little bit of an aggressive zing onto any action that he does. I think that, like I was saying in in our last podcast about the uh, Dennis Rodman esque ego death that's forthcoming, um, like I will I will be surprised if there isn't some kind of transformative. Jared Allen's an actually angry. It's like a secret angry boy under the surface, like an actual, <laughs> an actual angry boy, um, like and not like the angry boy that's like you know Kenyon Martin kind of like like cool, like cool angry. It's gonna be like like whoa, like Jared Allen's like like kind of like scared, like you know, <laughs> like, like you know five years from now where himself and he can express himself on the court a little bit more. I see it there. I see it percolating under the surface. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it's there now. I agree with you. It's not meeting the eye test today. But there's something there. Mike, agree or disagree right now? I don't think that there's an angry boy underneath the fro and the mustache and the big large hands. You're so wrong. You see, you don't see those little angry uh, dunks that he does, those angry boy dunks? I see uh, a confident young man that that will spring forth at some point in his life, but I don't see an angry, fierce, uh, intense, mad, scary... Super Saiyan. I don't see Super Saiyan. I I'm see... trying to think of, of what I mean because I don't mean Super Saiyan. I mean like, um, uh, God, I'm trying to think of a of a player that does this. It'll come to me, but it's not that. I I'll probably have to sleep on it to really like let this thought marinate. Um, but but I'll get back to it. Big Ken, it's there's something there. There's something there. People don't give up. And also, first of all, that that we should launch into the conversation really. That is like, is it? Do you have to be a mean guy? Do you, can you can you not be a nerd and be good at basketball? Like, well, like and like I don't know. I mean, David Robinson, the guy that people said was right. too nice, and he was pretty good at basketball. Um, sure. You know, like I think it probably helps to have some narcissism and some I'm a jerk in you to be really good at basketball. But I also think that goes the other way. Like I think if Kobe had less of that, he'd be a better player. Um, 
great player. I've defended Kobe the whole time when the whole Kobe experience I was like in. Always thought he was the best player in the league. But he would have been a better player if he was less of a jerk. Uh, basketball jerk. Um, yeah. Jared I'm Allen. think of like the nicest player to ever be good. To, I'm trying to think the, of who that the is. The nicest best. That's that's a yeah. really good ranking. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I was about to say Tim Duncan, but he wasn't nice. He was just quiet, and he was actually kind of he could be a like a good jerk. He could be good jerk. Um, he was just a little sardonic or whatever. It's um, not LeBron. I mean, this kind of goes back to our our conversation. Where I was like, who's the last best player who was actually cool? And you know, people said Michael Jordan is a, at the time was thought of as like a cool figure. But when you hear the stories about him, you're like, that's not a cool person. Um, LeBron. So, like, who's the best nice? I don't know. I'm really racking my brain. Is Tracy right now. McGrady nice? He it's seemed... weird that it came up to me. Like, I don't think so. Like, I have no idea. But he seems <laughs> nice, that, like, though. Like, I think like Vince Carter was often like thought of as like too nice to be good um, or like to be to right. win at the next level. Right. Um, and that might be true. Um, and Vince Carter, like when he did get in trouble, it was mostly for saying the wrong thing. Not, not like, okay. He, he, remember when he came out and he was like, uh, I'm over dunks. Like I'm like, aren't dunks overrated? <laughs> remember, like, no dunks are amazing. They're perfectly rated. It's one of the few things in this life that is rated. Just <laughs> there should never ever be discussion beyond the fact how great they are. Yeah. Um, the, is Steph Curry nice? No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't. I don't. I, agree. I don't think his like on court demeanor. It's it's a little. I don't know what it is exactly. It's it's like smarmy or something. It's it's a little bit. It it, it offends me. It offends my nature. It it's it's an interesting. I'm trying to think. I mean, I just thought of someone. I mean, like James Harden isn't nice. He's just not boisterous. Like there's he's, just he's just a blank slate. Like you, yeah. if you're a nice person, you project niceness onto him. If you're if you're a bad person, he's a bad person to you. It's just whatever. It just reflects your personality back at you. Um, I don't believe that Jared Allen is too nice to be a good basketball player, though. I just think I I think part of what we're seeing now is again a lack of confidence on the court. That's all it is. Lack of dude. Confidence. I saw him when he was when he was catching oops from Levert in that Hawks game. Yes. Dude, he was. Was, he was pounding his chest and like screaming out into the into the universe like he was he was getting into it you there, you know that what? like oh god imagine if Lionel Hollins had Jared Allen what that the he Jared Allen would want to quit and go back home to Austin right that type of coach that type of coach would would be all up in Jared's stuff and just making him miserable his entire life I'm happy that at least Kenny Atkinson's here to, to you know to sort of temper that a little bit um, yeah, man, Jaleel Okafor, Nick Stauskas, second round pick for Trevor Booker. Pretty good, Brian. Cool. Oh, I think I lost you, Brian. Now nah, I got you back. Just take us out, Mike. Just take us out, Mike. Land this plane. All right. Well, thank you for listening. This was an emergency pod talking about the big trade. Uh, you can find us at allnetsdaily.com, Almighty Baller Radio, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Um, we are here, and hopefully the Nets will do well in Mexico. The game is going on right now. So uh, we'll get back with you uh, after that south-of-the-border trip. Good night, Brian. Good night, Mike. Good night, everybody. Thanks. Take care.